0: Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie.
1: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Welcome back to More Than a Muse. I'm Stani. and I'm Sadie and welcome back to our podcast. Today
0: we are going over a new artist and I'm very excited. I am too. Who are we talking about today? So today we are talking about Fanny Mendelssohn. <gasps>
1: Yay! I feel like I don't know anything about Fanny Mendelssohn, but I have heard her name so many times since we started this, so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to talk about her.
0: Yeah, she's like been on my to-do list, basically, since we started this, and I was trying to think of who to do for this week, and I was like, you know what? It is time. It is time for Fanny Mendelssohn. We haven't done a classical composer in a while.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to do her again, and talk a lot about just what it was like being a woman musician as a woman musician i feel this personally
1: i mean i'm not a woman musician musician but you're still still excited
0: it's fun too because like one of the very first episodes that we ever did was for clara schumann and Mm -hmm. um i'll mention later in her life fanny's life she had some type of like correspondence and friendship directly with clara so it's like cool how it all kind of connects and how, I don't know, I just, I love it when we do these artists and it like turns out that there were two women who were like in the same environment or like maybe mm-hmm. even knew each other, um, you know, or just like weird connections like that, that we kind of start finding the more we talk yeah. about women throughout our history.
1: That's actually so fitting as well because I just did Sophonizba Angasola, who mm-hmm. is like a direct tie-in to my first artist, Artemisia yeah. Gentileschi, and now you're doing Fanny Mendelssohn, who's a direct tie-in to your first artist, Clara Schumann. Wow.
0: I truly did not do that on purpose <laughs> because I was about almost done with my research when I... Read the thing that said she was friends with Clara. So I was like, wow, there we go. So (laughs) that's
1: so fun. How cool. It all connects, everyone. Do we have
0: anything we need to go over? Should we just jump right into Fanny?
1: I guess like happy Betty White's 100th birthday to everyone. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't listened to that episode from last week yet, then go back and check that out. I'm sure there will be a ton of content coming out about her this week, so Oh, absolutely. Great way to honor her.
0: We usually do this at the end, but since in case there's anyone who doesn't make it through the podcast each week, if you haven't yes. rate, review the podcast, you can now do that on Spotify. It's a great Mm -hmm. help to us when you do things like that. Share it with your best friend. Share it on your Instagram story. Um, Yeah, that kind of organic growth is really the thing that helps us the most and like connects us with most people. So if you like the podcast,
1: do those things and we'd really appreciate it. That would be wonderful.
0: Cool. Well, now that that's out of the way, let us talk talk about Fanny. Fanny. So I'm going to kind of do a state of the arts a little bit more intermixed with this because I felt like we needed a little bit of context with her life before we talked about like gender in that time period but it is a time period that we've talked about a lot um because she was born november 14th of 1805 so you know early to mid 1800s is yeah a time we visited pretty frequently frequently yeah Um, But she was a German composer and a pianist of the early Romantic era. And she was also known as Fanny Mendelssohn Bartholdi, I believe. And then after her marriage, Fanny Hensel.
1: Wait, so was Mendelssohn like her middle name or like... No,
0: so basically what happened, like her family name was Mendelssohn. But then her family at a certain point converted from Judaism to Christianity. And so when they converted... The father like added that last name, so it's almost like they had two separate last names. Oh, apparently, like there's o- there's like letters. I almost said emails. Ha. Huh. There's <laughs> letters back and forth between like her and her brother that kind of mentioned that she didn't really like that that last name was added. I'm not exactly sure when that all happened, but I do know that that's why there are both names. But I think she primarily went by Mendelssohn and like. Her and her brother, who, by the way, her brother is Felix Mendelssohn, and he is a pretty major romantic composer. Mm. Okay, Um, He's not like as major as, you know, the Beethoven, Mozart's, you know, but if you are familiar with classical music at all and the romantic era of music, you'll know her brother, which, like I said, is Felix Mendelssohn. And that's like what they're known by. They're not known by that third or second last
1: name. Okay, that makes sense. Her compositions
0: included a piano trio, a piano quartet, an orchestral overture, four cantatas, more than 125 pieces of piano, 250 songs, which most of which were unpublished during her lifetime. And although she praised, she was praised for her piano technique, she really rarely gave any public performances outside of her own family circle. So I think she is a lot more, she is unique in comparison to maybe other composers we've covered other composers women women composers they are not quite as prolific in the amount of songs that they've done but I mean Fanny Fanny Mendelssohn has basically almost 400 pieces to her name you know so it's not like she just had a couple songs like no she had hundreds of pieces that just weren't published so I think that's like an interesting thing that you know I think sometimes people like to discredit women musicians of like oh it's just not as good but that's just because You know they didn't have the opportunity to do it as much or they didn't write as much and I know that was a thing with Clara where Clara felt like she Mm -hmm. was primarily a pianist rather than a composer so she just didn't compose as much but Fanny did she composed a lot but jumping into her early life so she was born in Hamburg Germany and she was the oldest of four children including her brother Felix Mendelssohn who was born four years after her they ended up moving to Berlin and she was a prodigy early on. She showed prodigious musical ability and began to write music at a very young age. She received her first piano instruction from her mother who kind of learned through like the Bach tradition and through like the writings of a certain composer or pianist who was a student of Bach directly. So she had, she knew what she was doing basically. and. Yeah. A, 14 years old, she could already play all 24 preludes from Bach's The Well-Tempered Clavier um, from Memory Alone. Oh my goodness. So she had it all memorized. And in fact, she played it all, all 24 songs in honor of her father's birthday in 1819. So she studied briefly um, with the pianist Marie Bigot, which is now someone that is added to my list who is Marie Bigot. And she did that in Paris. But then after that, her and her brother received piano lessons from Ludwig and composition instruction from Carl Friedrich Zelter. I don't know those names, but I'm assuming they're big people. Oh, but at one point, so the composition teacher actually favored Fanny over her brother Felix, and the teacher wrote this to a poet in 1816. 1816. He was talking about their dad, and by the way, her dad's name is Abraham Mendelssohn. So Mm. speaking of the father... He said, he has adorable children and his oldest daughter could give you something of Sebastian Bach, that that child is really something special. Wow. So from the beginning, at least, she was the one who I guess was showing maybe the most potential. And then in 1820, they joined the Singh Academy to Berlin, which was then led by that same composition teacher. And then much later in 1831... There was the same letter to the same poet that Zelter, who was, like I mentioned, their teacher, described Fanny's skill as a pianist with the highest praise for a woman at the time. And apparently he said, she plays like a man. Which you know
1: we've got issues with, but oh, I man. he meant well. <laughs> I always think that's so funny. I think we've had a few instances like that yes. where it's like she paints like a man or she plays, plays like, a, like man a man, and it's like their form of the highest compliment. And it's like, like the kindest
0: thing that someone could that could
1: be said about a woman artist is that they yeah. do it like a
0: man does. <laughs> yeah, so weird. It's like you know that's not quite the. Um, <laughs> That's, that's not the compliment you think it is. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Anyways, so this is when I do want to talk a little bit about, just the gender limitations and things that happened in her life that were specific to her gender. So there's a music historian named Richard Taruskin, and he said this quote that I really liked. Um, He said the life of Fanny mendelssohn Hensel is compelling proof that women's failure to, quote, compete with men on the compositional playing field has been the result of social prejudice and patriarchal mores. In the 19th century, granted only men to write only men the right to make the decisions in bourgeois households. So I like that that he said that her she is the proof that it's because of social prejudices and the patriarchy. So yeah, shout out to Richard Teruskin. But such attitudes were very much shared by her own father, who was like tolerant of her music talent, but not necessarily supportive of it, um, especially of her activities as a composer. And in 1820, he wrote to her and said, music will perhaps become his, speaking to her younger brother Felix, profession. While for you, it can and and must only be an ornament, which is Another trend that we've seen a lot, yeah. where women are allowed to pursue arts creatively and for fun. I mean, this was the same thing with the artist that you covered this month, where she wasn't allowed to make it her profession. Which I guess she was like a couple years before, or the century before yeah. her. Um, but still, like those attitudes exist. That's like it wasn't right for a lady of her like stature or you know her class. Mm-hmm to pursue it as a profession but hey she could do it to entertain dinner parties
1: yeah it's like oh especially the fact that he calls it an ornament
0: mm-hmm. like
1: oh it's an additional thing that'll make you a better wife but you're not allowed to professionally pursue it at any point mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's just such a strange thing about women in the arts for centuries and centuries and centuries i know So
0: her brother was privately very supportive of her as a composer and a performer, but uh, especially around like his family, he was a little bit cautious of her publishing her works under her own name. And here's another quote that he said, her younger brother. Uh, From my knowledge of Fanny, I should say that she has neither inclination nor vocation for authorship. She is too much all that a woman ought to be for this. She regulates her house and neither thinks of the public nor of the musical world, nor even of music at all, until her first duties are fulfilled. Publishing would only disturb her in these, and I cannot say that I approve of it. Huh. That's what her brother said. So basically, he's like, she's just so much of a woman and she has other things to worry about. So music can't be the first thing. And the music world and as a job, no. Too much of a
1: distraction. Too much of a distraction. But like I'll
0: mention ways that her brother was supportive of her. And I think later on in his life and in her life, he ended up being more supportive of the idea Mm -hmm. of her pursuing this and I'll, I'll talk about that. There's another music historian named Angela Mays Christian and she said of Fanny Mendelssohn um, that she struggled her entire life with the conflicting impulses of authorship versus the social expectations for her high class status. Her hesitation was variously a result of her dutiful attitude towards her father, her intense relationship with her brother and her awareness of contemporary social thought on women in the public sphere. Hmm. Which is just... Uh, I thought this was an interesting take, um, and this was done by a friend of the f- of Felix named Henry Chorley, and he wrote of Fanny and said, Had Madame Hensel been a poor man's daughter, she must have become known to the world by the side of Madame Schumann and Madame Playel as a female pianist of the highest class. And he, of course, suggested that as well as her sex, her social class was limiting for her career. So I think he was saying that because she was so high class and then therefore the dad was like very much maybe more concerned than I guess a poor man's daughter would be yeah. about social cues. And like, I don't know, the public sphere that maybe if she didn't have that pressure, she would have been pushed more to do it as a profession, maybe almost like as out of necessity for money.
1: But yeah, the hard part with that, though, is that we've looked so often in history and it's usually only the rich man's daughter that's allowed to do stuff. Exactly. Like that because if like she was a poor man's daughter, she yeah. would not have had that access to musical training. No, she would have had to be like a house cleaner or something like that in order to earn a living, which yeah. is there's nothing wrong with that. But that was just like the only thing available to women of a lower economic status. Mm-hmm. So I get what he's saying. But at the same time, it's like, it's like eh, but also, no. no, she wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have been able to play the piano as much as she could because exactly. of her privilege
0: yes so but i thought it was like an interesting take of like the fact that at least that the father was so like mm-hmm. concerned about social class and what was fitting for i guess a woman to be doing at that time that yeah. i don't know that maybe it ended up being to her detriment
1: I'm no sure that makes sense but
0: yeah there's just some various quotes but this, Elise Koenig said, she is the proof, or at least some proof, if we need any more. <laughs> if you've been listening to all of the episodes and you still don't believe that there's something going on, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think about that, but here's some more proof <laughs> for you. But I want to talk about her relationship with her brother. Um, you know, like I said, Felix was very much a very popular composer in the Romantic era. Obviously not Mozart, but still a big deal. So her works were often played alongside her brothers at their family home Um, In a Sunday concert series, which was originally organized by her father, but after 1831, she carried it on by herself, which I think is very wholesome that just Mm -hmm. every Sunday at their family home, there was a little concert series that people could go to. I'm assuming friends and other family. In 1822, when Fanny was 17 and Felix 13, she wrote, Up to the present moment, I possess his, meaning her brother, unbounded confidence i have watched the progress of his talent step by step and may say i have contributed to his development i have always been his only music advisor and he never writes down a thought before submitting it to my judgment so i think that's like a good moment of like self awareness where she's like you know what my brother he's showing musical talent but i think i can take some credit for it because he asks
1: me questions
0: and i am the one who helps him here with this Mm
1: mm-hmm no, this is reminding me a lot, like the brother-sister relationship kind of between Mozart and his sister. That's exactly what Mariana. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like go and listen to that episode too if you haven't, because yeah, just kind of like the, even the dad being like, he'll, he can pursue it, but like you can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her being a prodigy and like, yeah, it, it makes a lot, of, it's that same dynamic. Mm-hmm. In
0: 1826, 1826- through 1827 Felix though arranged with Fanny for some of her songs to be published under his name. So there mm-hmm. were 3 songs in his Opus 8 collection and then 3 more in his 9 number 9 collection. So contrary to Mozart, there's like rumors and almost like thoughts that maybe Mozart used Anna Maria's Mozart, you know, and put it out yeah. under her own name. under his own name but with Felix and Fanny it's 100% confirmed that this is what he did Mm -hmm. so that her music can be heard. What I thought was funny is that in 1842 apparently this resulted in a pretty embarrassing moment because Queen Victoria received Felix at Buckingham Palace and she expressed her intention of singing to the composer her favorites of his songs which were actually one of Fanny's. So she was probably going on of like, I get to sing this song for the actual composer. And he was like, that's not mine. No, you don't. That's my sister's. I'm so sorry. That sucks. Mm -hmm. I think like they ended up being very good friends and having a close relationship. There was a lifelong musical correspondence between the two. Fanny helped Felix by providing constructive criticism of pieces and different projects. Projects, which he always considered very carefully he would actually like rework pieces solely based on the suggestions that she made and she mm-hmm. actually he nicknamed her minerva after the roman goddess of wisdom
1: which is hilarious So but one of her younger sisters was named minerva Wow. Must have been a popular name around that time period. Must have. <laughs> which is funny because I don't think anyone's naming their kid Minerva, Minerva now, especially after Minerva McGonagall.
0: Yeah, I don't. In Harry Potter. <laughs> that's true. Wait a minute. I guess that's probably why she did Minerva, if it's after the Roman yeah. goddess of wisdom. Makes sense so they were always good friends he obviously trusted her musical input and talent moving into the later part of her life so in 1829 after courtship of several years they had first met in 1821 when she was 16 years old so 18 years not 18 eight years after when she's 24 fanny married the artist wilhelm hensel and the following year she gave birth to their only child sebastian hensel Um, She actually later had at least two miscarriages or stillbirths in 1832
1: and 1837. That's so sad. What was their age gap? Does it tell you?
0: This says Fanny met her future husband, William Penzel, in 1821 when she was just 16. She was a member of one of the leading society families. He was an up-and-coming painter. So he was a painter, by the way. Oh, cool. This is a cute thing I just read about it. So... 1822 just a year after they met when she's 17 uh, he started courting Fanny and she was secretly setting some of his poems to music which is Aww. like a very romantic way about going yeah. about that but her parents were concerned about the age because the age gap because he was 11 years older okay um, and uh, they were also had like issues with like the religion because his sister was like a Catholic mystic but they had just converted from Judaism into, like, you know, Christianity as Lutherans. So, mm-hmm. apparently that that was another concern. But they ended up continuing to court. And, yeah. I don't know,
1: eventually... It's always funny on. to me, because they mention the age gaps, and a lot of the times the parents are even like, oh, even back then. But then it was actually, like, pretty common, I feel like, for, like, a 10-year age gap.
0: yeah. And I'm like, at least they, like, married when she was 24. I feel like that's good. It's better than when she was
1: 16.
0: (laughs) I thought this was another (laughs) cute thing. True. But in 1823, he left for a five-year trip to Italy to study painting. She was, of course, still in Berlin. And she wrote songs in place of writing letters to Wilhelm because letter writing was forbidden by her mother. And her song subjects tended to be about distance, loss, and abstinence.
1: Aww. So, that's kind of cute. That is cute. I wonder why our mom forbid letters.
0: I know. More history about him is he returned in October of 1828. He had to work, though, to get back into the Mendelssohn family circle. Because Mm. of his (laughs) extended absence and his complete lack of music ability, which I thought was funny.
1: They wanted their daughter to marry
0: a musician. (laughs) Yes, but he had his own success in his first exhibition held at the Royal Academy of Art in Berlin, which resulted in Friedrich Wilhelm III appointing him as a court painter. And so because he had that title, it opened the way for his marriage. I think finally he was good enough for their daughter.
1: He was connected to the royals, so yes. it was okay. I thought exactly. Uh, so there's funny.
0: brief history on their courtship and marriage. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. I have found someone that I wish I had found when we did the Boulanger Boulanger twins or not twins, Ooh. sisters. But yeah. Their Instagram is the Boulanger Initiative, which is, I'm sure, calling back to Nadia and Lily. Um, But they are a nonprofit organization that celebrates, perform, celebrating, performing and supporting music composed by women. Um, It says that they advocate for women and all gender marginalized communities.
1: That's awesome.
0: So just like the most perfect thing that you could give to or just go check out. Um, something that I love that they have like just an Etsy shop and uh, they have like a t-shirt. The front
1: mm-hmm. has
0: Schumann, Mahler, Mendelssohn, Holst, and Mozart. And then the back of the t-shirt says the sister's names, Clara, Alma, Fanny, Imogen, and the Which
1: That's so great. So it's
0: like, you know, Obviously, you think it's gonna be the like repping classical men, Mozart. Yeah, no, but it's mm-hmm. referring to the women, which we've covered three of them. We've done yeah. Clara, now Fanny, and Nunneral, which Ninerl. was also Anna Maria. No, yeah. but it's Maria, Anna. Maria there Anna. There Anna. Yeah, I think yeah. I called her Anna Maria in the episode. Oops. Oh well. Oh, did you? <laughs> but okay. I freaking love that T-shirt, so mm-hmm. I might go buy that one for myself. But they also have really cute, um, like an alphabet poster where they have like women composers for every letter of the alphabet that you can get cool posters of, and I love it. And like a cute little booklet. So yeah, they have like even just cute merch that you could go check out. And yeah, they. It seems like they're doing a lot of really cool things.
1: So go and check them out and there is an art non-profit that has a shirt a lot like that but they just did I think they have one with first names and one with last names of just like women artists yeah I think we've brought them up before but I always think it's funny when people do stuff like that it's really cool
0: no I love that also I mean they're hiring right now looks like they do open calls for interns a lot so if this is like the kind of thing that you'd be interested in they have like a lot of internship and even like part-time positions open so there go you follow go. them and they're doing yeah they're doing cool things
1: i have been seeing posts everywhere from this account and so i think it's about time i spotlight her i'm gonna say her name wrong and i'm so sorry it's i think it's chahinas um it's c-h-a-h-i-n-e-z mm, mm-hmm. and then her handle is that and then underscore t-b-t Oh, she's a food blogger she is and i don't know if this is just a utah thing i know they have locations outside of utah but i don't know if it's as big as utah um utah is really big on cookies lately yeah <laughs> like, we are it's just a, a major thing i don't know you have a whole state full of sober adults and i guess we all just eat cookies <laughs> and drink soda <laughs> so That's there's a, like a million like soda shops and cookie places everywhere Um, but a really big one is crumble and they have like new cookies every single week Mm -hmm. and she has been sharing how you can recreate the crumble cookies on your own um, because they only have them for a week and then sometimes they don't come back for like a whole year and so if you have one that's a total favorite then you may not even be able to get it. Mm. Plus, they're really expensive and they're really big.
0: <laughs> oh, they're so big.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you just can't eat all them. of it. They're just giant. And so it's like, I'd prefer if they were a lot smaller, but I get why they make them bigger because it it's for you adds to to the share. novelty of it too. Yeah. But if you wanted to make them on your own, then mm. she's a great person to check that out. She actually, the second one on the top is their caramel cheesecake Cookie, which is my absolute favorite. So if you're looking Ooh, for a good I one, one to start make out with, it. yeah, highly recommend that one. If you did, never you make her it, recipe or did you have the crumble? I one? haven't. I've had the crumble one. Ooh, I really want to try her recreation because yeah, that one's my absolute favorite. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, she also has like a bunch of other desserts and cookie recipes. It looks like it's mainly desserts and drinks um which I mean I'm all for (laughs) yeah those tend to be the things that I want to try out the most anyway and I'm willing to experiment a little bit with so yeah plus it's just so aesthetic she definitely takes the time to like make her pictures look really pretty and yeah beautiful and yeah so check it out
0: all right now back to the show 1830, though, became her first public notice as a composer when John Thompson, who had met her in Berlin the previous year, wrote in the London Journal a praise of a number of her songs that had been shown to him by Felix. And then her public debut at the piano, which was actually one of only three known public performances, came in 1838 when she played her brother's piano concerto number one. So wow. she started getting a little bit of credit. What I liked is that her husband was very supportive of Fanny's com- composing, but unlike like others in the circle, he was also pretty favorable of her seeking publication of her works. And Nancy B Wright or Reich, right? I believe, suggested that there were two events which may have increased her confidence. One was her visit to Italy with her husband and Sebastian in 1839 through 1840, and this was her first visit to Southern Europe, and she felt invigorated and very inspired by it. They -hmm. also spent time with young French musicians who had won the Prix de Rome, which we talked about in our Lily and Nadia Boulanger um, episode. Um, And they had a lot of respect for Fanny, which I think really powered her self-esteem as a musician because she knew how big of a deal that composition was. And so, you know, if they were really admiring her stuff, that must have done a lot for her confidence. But then another thing was that her acquaintance shortly afterwards with the Berlin music enthusiast, Robert von. I don't know who that is, but she wrote Kudo looks at everything new that I write with the greatest interest and points out to me if there's something to be corrected. He has always given me the very best counsel. So I think during this time, like with her husband, she started meeting people that were really giving her the recognition and like really, I don't know, just like giving her the credit that she deserves. And so I think she probably was like, okay, like let's let's do this. Um, yeah. which I thought was really nice. I love that. She just needed some support. Exactly. In 1846, which is like pretty much, you know, it's 14 years, 16 years after she got married. Um, mm-hmm. But it takes a long time to work through things, so I don't blame her. But two Berlin publishers reached out to her, and without telling her brother, she decided to publish a collection of her songs under her married name, Fanny Hensel and then of course Mendelssohn. after publication her brother wrote to her though and said I send you my professional blessing on becoming a member of the craft may you have much happiness in giving pleasure to others may you taste only this only the sweets and none of the bitter sh- bitterness of authorship may the public pelt you with roses and never with sand which oh, well, I think sweet. is a nice way of saying that. She ended up writing in her journal, Felix has written and given me his professional blessing in the kindest manner. I know that he is not quite satisfied in his heart of hearts, but I am glad he has said a kind word to me about it. She also wrote about the publication to her friend, Angelica von Forengen, and she said, I can truthfully say I let it happen more than made it happen. And. It is this in particular which cheers me. If the publishers want more from me, it should act as a stimulus to achieve. If the matter comes to an end, then I won't grieve for I'm not ambitious. So I think that like she wasn't being necessarily ambitious, but the fact that like these publishers were almost like coming to her and I'm um, imagining being like, no, please let us publish this. Mm -hmm. She took great pride in that, which she should. You know, she didn't even have to seek this out. And people were in a way begging her for her music compositions so yeah I actually like really love that, loved really loved
1: that. like that mm-hmm. must have been like made it a lot easier for her to even justify it to herself like exactly. being told your whole life that you like shouldn't do that and it's improper and then she's like well all these people like wouldn't leave me alone until I did it so mm-hmm. which like you said is
0: probably like exactly what she needed after the yeah. way that she grew up and like the way she'd been kind of conditioned to think of her own music
1: definitely unfortunately
0: Just a year later on May 14th, 1847, she actually died in Berlin um, due to complications from a stroke that she suffered. And she was actually like rehearsing one of her brother's songs. And yeah, she suffered from a stroke. Felix himself, though, died about six months later from the exact same cause, which was also like responsible for the deaths of both of their parents and their grandfather. So I think that there was like some genetic thing in their family that like caused them to have strokes and yeah that's how they all ended up passing away that
1: is so sad Mm -hmm. that has to be genetic if it's literally killing off an entire family Family. line i know holy cow
0: i'm because she was like pretty young i mean
1: yeah she was
0: less than 50 years old she was
1: in her 40s so i like thought we were at the middle of the story like, no she no gets published
0: and <laughs> i know that's and that's like the sad yeah. thing is like she finally was published and then a year later um
1: that's so sad oh i forgot to mention
0: though right before her death sorry um no, it was march well. of 1847 that she had many meetings with clara schumann um, and then at that time is when she was working on her piano trio went and then clara had recently completed her very own piano trio so i think that it's like a nice thing i know clara was primarily a pianist and Mm -hmm. so i wonder if like that correspondence between the two of them was like hey talking about this piano trio that they were both composing six months before his death though so i'm imagining right around the time that fanny passed away Felix attempted to ensure that his sister received the recognition that she had been withheld throughout much of her life, and he collected many of her works, intending to release them to the public through a publisher. I don't think that actually ended up happening, probably because he ended up, you know, dying not mm. too many months after she passed away. But then in 1850, the publisher began to I- distribute Fanny Mendelssohn's unreleased works. Wow. So it was a couple years after she died, but they did start publishing and distributing her music which I think is at least something you know
1: yeah because isn't she she's pretty much one of the better known female composers right I think so I think her and Clara are probably the most
0: well-known yeah
1: I I think personally
0: I I saw her name Fanny's name in my music history textbook so that'll tell you something there you (laughs) go
1: that's Pretty much the highest level you can get. At yeah. This point. <laughs> That's pretty telling. If she shows up in the history
0: textbooks, even if it's not much. And yeah. if even if it's because she was the sibling of another famous composer, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going over her compositions, though. So she in total composed over 450 pieces of music. I've mentioned it, but including a piano trio, a piano quartet, orchestral overture cantatas 125 pieces of the piano and an excess of 250 liter which is just german art songs the majority of her compositions though are limited to the piano pieces and art songs she felt that like her abilities did not really extend to the larger more intricate compositions and (laughs) so she was a little bit insecure about her ability to do things with strings especially because she never particularly studied string instruments herself She wrote to Felix saying, I lack the ability to to sustain ideas properly and give them the needed consistency. Therefore, leader suits me best in which, if need be, merely a pretty idea without much potential for development can suffice. Which, I'm like, hey, don't belittle the art of art songwriting. It's beautiful what she did. But this is interesting. So she had an Easter sonata that was written in 1828 that remained unpublished in her lifetime. But it was discovered and then incorrectly attributed to her brother in 1970. So that's when they discovered this piece of work. But then after like a lot of examination and because there is a mention of the work in her diary, they realized in 2010 that the work was actually hers. So for 40 years, they had people had thought that that Easter Sonata was written by felix
1: when in reality it was it was her see another similar theme Mm -hmm. from our other month episode when yeah we talked about how whenever a woman is in close proximity to they assume it's the man (laughs) yeah they always assume it's the man Mm -hmm. this
0: is another cute thing that she did with her husband so in
1: 1841
0: she composed a cycle of piano pieces depicting the months of the year And the music was written on tinted sheets of paper that were illustrated by her husband and then each piece accompanied a short poem that he had also written. Which I feel like is just like they sound like such a lovely, like artist couple and he was so supportive of her. So I'm like, Okay, maybe he's cute. Maybe he's good, even though they, I don't know, met when she was sixteen. So there was a writer who's talked about that series and she kind of suggested that the poems and artwork and colored paper may represent the different stages of life with others suggesting that they represent fanny's own life in a letter from rome she described the process behind composing this she said i have been composing a good deal lately and have called my piano pieces after the months of my favorite haunts i'm assuming that means like years or favorite seasons because this is translated from Germany, German, of course. (laughs) Um, But partly because they really came into my mind in these spots, partly because our pleasant excursions were in my mind while I was writing them. They will form a delightful souvenir, a kind of second diary, but do not imagine that I give these names when playing them in society. They are for my home use entirely. But I like that she like did something just that was like a very personal way of her, you know, just talking about her experiences in her life, so... And then did it with her husband. I love when couples collab. I know, me too. <laughs> this is another thing. So, in contrast to her brother, um, apparently Fanny's composing and authorship, kind of, and especially her Easter Sonata, it kind of proves that maybe Fanny was even more experimental with her leader than Felix was. And <laughs> so that's kind of something that I wanted to touch on, of just like the fact that you know musicologists have maybe suggested that she was more experimental than her brother was so it's like yeah. i wonder how much like innovation that has been missed out on because of the fact that women were kept from composing cuz it's not like she was sharing her works with the world so that they could you know influence everyone around her but if she was being more experimental for you know what her brother was doing and then maybe versus what other composers were doing at the time and if she was like doing different things to express emotion in a certain you know unique way like you wonder how that maybe could have I don't know influenced the world around her and influenced other composers had she no been no. giving the
1: opportunity to definitely because I even think of like Hilma off Clint who yeah. was like my work won't be ready for 50 years and so she hit it and yeah she was probably the first abstract painter mm-hmm. that there was so um yeah it just probably tons and that's mm-hmm. the sad part there's probably so many different things that like we would have been so much further ahead on yeah had everyone been allowed the opportunity because it has nothing to do with gender it's just like more minds doing more things yeah creates more things like mm-hmm. and it wasn't also even that too like needed it, it was just more people would be better
0: yeah but i mean also though almost making it about gender like women especially like in those time periods like did have a very different set of life experiences to even just draw from that i feel like that also would play such a significant role in i don't know the way that they make music and are inspired and just see the world around them i feel
1: so true like imagine the whole genre of like romance without jane austen or like you know or, like, a gothic stories if there hadn't been the Brontes. Like, there's just so many things that, like... It wouldn't... It would not be the same. On. Yeah, yeah. That changed the whole genre. Absolutely. From the
0: 1980s and onwards, there's been a very much renewed interest in, the men- in Mendelssohn and her works. The Fanny and Felix Mendelssohn Museum, which is dedicated to the lives and work of the two siblings, opened on May 29th in 2018 in Hamburg, Germany. So that's pretty recent. yeah, very recent. But I think that's cool that it's not just like the Felix Mendelssohn Museum with like yeah. the small corner for Fanny. It's the Fanny and Felix Mendelssohn Museum, which I think is really cool. I want to end with this quote about her. Um, And it says the tale of Fanny, the suppressed composer, has so readily found a place in the biographies of the siblings because of its resemblance to prevailing models for the life of a great composer based in romantic ideology about male artists. Hensel fits neatly into a traditional narrative of the suffering artistic genius with a modern twist. The feminine gender as its main character. The two characters, Felix and Fanny, are forced to bear the weight of two centuries of gender ideology. So, yeah, she was the suppressed composer. And, you know, I think it points out that we love to romanticize that with the male artists and give that mm-hmm. credit. But Fanny is very unique because she was that suppressed composer, but it was because she was a woman in the Early 1800s Germany. So with a very Oof. uptight father. So
1: yeah, that didn't help her. I am sure that's, uh, I know, man, <laughs> we've come a long way. We have. I always have to remind myself of that after these episodes where it's just like, for heaven's sakes, so let your daughter just write music <laughs> <laughs> and let her publish the
0: music. Yeah. Like let it be more than just a nice, especially when it's like, sounds like there was absolutely like a market for it yeah so there's the life of fanny Mendelssohn. she was like i mentioned i think something so unique about her is just how prolific she really was a little bit different than the other people that we have covered so yeah she knew what she was doing and she was amazing and it's yeah. a shame you know that she was in the environment that she was that didn't really encourage her
1: to grow and blossom and yeah so, it's a shame. No, definitely. I think, like you mentioned, she's a perfect example. She definitely had the talent in order to succeed, and it mm-hmm. was just because of like her gender that she was held back. Yes, absolutely.
0: <sighs> to celebrate her life, go listen to Fanny Mendelssohn. Maybe go listen to the Easter Sonata. It's very beautiful, and like I mentioned, it was incorrectly attributed to her brother for almost 40 years after they had found it so so thank goodness that very smart musicologists were able to look at that and realize that something wasn't quite right go through their family journals and things and realize that it was actually fanny who had created that and there's a lot of just beautiful works on there So.
1: I'm so grateful for whoever those people are that are going Mm -hmm. back through and double-checking everything. I know. They keep catching things over and over again. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Yeah, and I just can't help but wonder like, how much worse it would be if they didn't have people that were like, um, actually don't think this was done by this guy. I think it was done by the girl who was sitting next to him. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for real. Listen to Fanny on spotify i know maybe it's like i don't know if it's lame but there's a fanny Mendelssohn radio and the fe- oh the nice. playlist that feature her is classical focus creative focus classical garden and then of course the women of classical so if you need something just to be playing in the background while you're working on something there are great playlists out there on spotify that feature the work of fanny Mendelssohn. so go yeah. check it out
1: and I will attest I'm not usually a classical music person but when we did Clara Schumann I did listen to her music and I think I did it for a few others as well and it is a very good study playlist for sure if yes you have like a big test coming up or if you're like cooking or something like that yeah. and you need a nice little playlist or like you're journaling I love to journal and put on mm-hmm. some classical music it's it's great yep because it's not distracting in any way but it's still very beautiful and Mm -hmm. just like the perfect soundtrack exactly Exactly. we will be back next week for some more talk on women in the arts yes we will we have a fun one planned yes gonna bring in some pop culture again and um it'll be fun i love the balance of the podcast where we get to talk about like an 18th century composer and then we move forward to like something completely modern yeah it'll be fun
0: i'm excited see you next week pals bye